Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980 AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. You can just download the app for free, get it. You know, listen when you want to listen. You can listen anywhere in the nation. You can go back a couple of days. You could select the chapters later in the day. You can listen live. Works great for you. You can also, uh, wherever you get your favorite podcast, just search The Rob O'Donnell Show, and you'll be able to download the podcast and listen whenever you want to listen. Real convenient. It's 3.09 here in the station in Pittston, 31 degrees and mostly cloudy outside. The sun was peeking out a little bit, but it seemed to get more and more cloudy as I was getting closer and closer to the station. So it looks like the clouds are moving in. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van temperature controlled and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. How's everyone doing on this Wednesday, November 29th, 2023? Uh, I appreciate the people who came up to me yesterday at the Scranton Cultural Center at the our sister station, Froggy 101's Guitars and Stars. Real successful night. I, I, I love that atmosphere. I love that venue. I love that setup. You know, acoustic, small, not, a, not overwhelming. They go from artist to artist, and they rotate. And It's really a great time. If you've never been, I highly recommend you go to Guitars and Stars here. Uh, they usually have one or two a year, so check it out. And last time they had Jelly Roll here, who was hitting this area. And, uh, you know, this year was another great lineup, another great lineup, without a doubt. And uh, ended up hanging out with uh, one of the artists, a few of the artists, actually, till till really late or really early, depending on how you look at it. So I'm, I'm dealing with a little boo-boo head today. So jake might have to whip me in charge uh, every here and there but jake i do have something for you i rarely give you homework this early in the show but i'm just seeing this now and i don't know if it's legit or not so i'm gonna stick you on it barstool sports on? is reporting breaking news that the jets have designated aaron Rodgers to return from injured reserve that is true it is true that is true now for for everyone out there listening so the new york jets they are four and seven they had Really, I guess you could say an embarrassing loss to the Miami Dolphins in the first ever Black Friday game, 34-13. to The buzz surrounding that game, the lead-up to it, is that Aaron Rodgers is targeting Christmas Eve when they're hosting the Washington Commanders. He is targeting that particular date that he might make his return. Here's the thing. So when you come off of injured reserve in the NFL – you're given a 21-day window to practice. And just the fact that he's coming off of injured reserve is a miracle in itself when he snapped his Achilles at the very beginning of the season, 79 days ago. They give you 21 days to practice. If you don't practice during that time frame, then you're done for the season right then and there. My only thing with the New York Jets, and I know how talented Aaron Rodgers is, he's going to be 40 years old on Saturday, which is hard to believe. The only thing is they're 4-7, and seven. That offense is going nowhere. You saw it with Zach Wilson. You're seeing it with Tim Boyle this past Friday against the Dolphins. By the time Christmas Eve rolls around and the New York Jets are 4-10, and 10, what would be the point in even coming back and potentially re-aggravating that injury, making it even worse? I mean, there, I get where Aaron is coming from, but I don't know if I – I really don't know if it's worth it. I, I really, really don't. Now, I'm going to pull up. Excuse me, I'm going to pull up the New York Jets schedule for the next couple of weeks. So, they are at home this coming Sunday. Yeah, they're at home this coming Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. That game could really go either way because Atlanta, 
they're leading the NFC South at five and six. They're very hot and cold. They look good one week. They look like crap the next week. Beyond that, looking at the schedule here, week 14, the Houston Texans. Houston has a, is a team that has really, really turned the corner this year, their first year under D'Amico Ryans. Then week 15, they have to go down to Miami for their second game against them, being division rivals. So if you do the math, yeah, 4-8, and 4-9, and 4-10. and 10. So they could potentially be 4-10 and 10 going into that Washington game. And with a record like that, obviously they would be clearly out of the playoff race. So it definitely is exciting to hear about. But like I was saying, I, I just it, it's, it's hard to, to really be excited to, to watch the New York Jets right now with how bad they look offensively. Yeah, I, like I said, I saw I saw it, and it's just amazing. You know, like like you said, why would you risk that? Because that's not an injury you could repair many times. You know, and if, he, if he ends up rupturing that again, that's probably career ending. And for someone that's turning forty years old on Saturday, it, it's I don't know. And the other thing is, when you look at Robert Sala, their head coach, when you look at their general manager uh, Joe Douglas, obviously we're at that point in the season, Rob. It's going to be December in two days. And at this point in the season, you're hearing all this talk about what's Bill Belichick going to do next year. Brandon Staley, the head coach of the Chargers, it sounds like it's only going to be a matter of time until he's fired. Frank Reich of the Carolina Panthers, he was fired Monday morning. Josh McDaniels was fired by the Raiders on Halloween. So this is definitely the point in the season where you start hearing all these rumblings of teams moving on from head coaches. And Robert Sala, for as long as he stuck with Zach Wilson and then turning to Tim Boyle, that pretty much would be a fireable offense anywhere else. Yeah. But they're going to be, they've bought themselves another year just with Aaron Rodgers and this Achilles injury. Yeah, uh, we'll see how it goes here. And uh, I just got a text message in. Well, as long as you're doing football, do dead spin Kansas City's Chiefs and that little kid. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I could definitely hit on. I don't know. I don't know how much you want to opine on that, but I'm sure you have your opinion. It, yeah. Dead spin is garbage when it came it to is. this article. It really it, is. It was utter, they knew exactly what they were doing. They tried, and, and now there's video out showing, you know, black Kansas City Chief players actually doing the hop, tomahawk chop with this kid, you know, who had his one side of his face was black, the other side was red. He yeah. was wearing a red jersey and a black cold gear Under Armour, so he was dressed in black and red. That's their colors. I didn't have a problem with it. No, it, it's just ridiculous. You know, we they, live in too sensitive of a world. They, they they took a screen, they took a picture, they used a picture just showing the one side of his face, showing, you know, trying to trying to throw this kid under the bus for doing nothing but being a young football fan. And uh, now the kid's name is out there. But the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, the players actually are coming to his defense now. Um, you know, it was just a garbage article by Deadspin. So, I mean, that's my opinion of it. Well. And I, I think that's how it's been taken by most of the people. And, and the the I forget the the guy's name who wrote the article. Uh, I, I I went back and forth with him on Twitter a little bit, because um, he tried to defend this, and, and you know he tried to make well, you know these are the same people that defend you know this this or that. And it's like no, come on, you 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 made a thing out of nowhere. And you know the problems with articles like this, the problems with things like this is if this was such a major problem, why would you have to keep manufacturing these things? Why would you have to take it out of context and make it something it's not? And it really does, you know, the, the true racism that's out there a disservice. So that's my opinion on it. And, uh, you know, I don't want to taint Jock, uh, Jake's expertise on sports because he's definitely <laughs> the expert on sports as far as I'm concerned. I agree with you 100% on what you said. And there was a tweet from... Uh, Colin Rugg, I believe, is the guy's name, and he was talking about the, this whole thing with Deadspin. 
and he wrote news. Uh, this is new. Sports news site Deadspin is trying to ruin the life of a young Kansas City Chiefs fan by claiming that he is wearing blackface. And then he wrote, this kid should sue them into oblivion. Deadspin slandered a Chiefs fan by selectively sharing a side image, and they have the two photos, of a young boy to make it look like he was wearing blackface. A front-facing image of the boy, the second photo, clearly shows that he is wearing black and red face paint. There's no black face at all. And then in the article, it said on Sunday afternoon in Las Vegas, a Kansas City Chiefs fan found a way to hate black people and the Native Americans at the same time, according to Deadspin's Karen Phillips. That's who wrote the article, Karen Karen Mm -hmm. J. Phillips. And and this was his post to defend this. For the idiots in my mentions who are treating this as the same as a harmless act because the other side of his face was painted red, I could make the argument that it makes it even worse. You all the ones who hate Mexicans but wear sombreros on Cinco de Mayo. Really? That that's your oh that, that that's your take? So the rest of the tweet here it says the image of a Chiefs fan in blackface wearing a native headdress during a road game leads to so many unanswered questions. Phillips went on to complain about the NFL and say that they need to be more aggressive in changing team names and outlawing chants for God's sakes. And it says if the NFL outlawed the chop at Chiefs games and been more aggressive in changing the team's name, then we wouldn't be here. And this Colin Rugg, he ends the tweet. He says, you can always count on liberals to create problems that don't even exist. It, it's Simple just incredible. Yeah. It's just, a, and I wrote to, I, I responded to Karen J. Phillips' post on Twitter, on X, and now X, but Twitter, yeah. Twitter, and I wrote, you know, after he wrote, you know, giving the Cinco de Mayo Mexican, you, you know, you hate Mexicans, but you wear sombreros and, on Cinco de Mayo. And I said, nah, you're just butthurt for your gaslight of a preteen in your headline got noticed. You, you do realize making up the potential racial stereotypes take away from the real divisions that need work and attention in our nation. And, and you know, that's where I stand with that. And somebody just texted in that it turns out that the kid was actually part Native American. I, I didn't hear that, but uh, that's text message uh, came in with that. I did see video today of the Chiefs players actually inter- interacting with this kid on the sidelines. So yeah. that was interesting to come out now. Like always, Jake, I appreciate your uh, I appreciate the opportunity. Your uh, expertise you. on the matter. Uh, we also do have some more breaking news out of uh, the Israel-Palestine area where Hamas is now claiming... We talked about this 10-month-old baby that was held being held hostage and our four-year-old brother that was moved from the Hamas terrorist groups to other sub-terrorist groups and more in southern Hamas. Well, Hamas is now claiming that the 10-month-old and his four-year-old brother and their mother, Shiri, have been killed. The terror group are alleging that the family were killed in an airstrike days after Hamas gave the family away to another terror group, the uh, PFLP, with reports indicating that they had been taken to the southern city um, in, in the Gaza area. In response to the claim by Hamas, which is the IDF is working to verify, the IDF said representatives spoke with the Vibas family, Following the recent reports that with them in a difficult time, the IDF is assessing the accuracy of this information. I mean, Hamas, other than being terrorists, are are um, repulsive liars. So who knows where this goes? And, and and to say now that they were killed in an airstrike, you know if they were killed in an airstrike, that would have been the first thing within minutes they would have been portraying to people out there. Not days later, making us believe that these, these kids, these children, infants, 10-month-old and a 4-year-old were alive and possibly going to be handed over in the exchanges that were happening. So that, that's a little more, um, 
little more breaking news that that's going out there. And and one other thing, while I got Jake's attention, let me see if I could pull it up real quick here. I saw this post today from uh, Navy Athletics. Said uh, Jonathan Kraft, president of the New England Patriots, said that ticket demand for the Army Navy game is greater than any AFC championship game they have hosted and greater than the Taylor Swift concert at the Gillette Stadium. What do you think about that, Jake? <laughs> well, more than Taylor Swift, that doesn't surprise me one bit because you know how I feel about all that. But I'm just trying to think in my mind how many AFC championships the New England Patriots hosted during that dynasty. From 2001 to 2019 like that that's the amazing thing to think about in itself like I've never been to an AFC championship I've been to a to a divisional game in the playoffs it was between the Steelers and the Ravens and I think those tickets were somewhere somewhere like well over $200 yeah um so I can only imagine what they would be for the for an AFC or NFC championship we already know how much the Super Bowl costs so I just got to think real quick in the back of my head how many AFC championships the Patriots have have hosted. Even further back than than that, even before Tom Brady got there, they've they've been to they went to one back in 1996 when they beat Jacksonville, only to lose to Green Bay. So that is pretty wild to think about because the Crafts they've owned the Patriots since 1994. So just give me a second to think here. Yeah, and I know that the, the the Naval Academy runs the football from the Naval Academy to the the stadium hosting the Army Navy game, mm-hmm. and they're leaving early this year because it's the furthest Army Navy game that they've ever hosted. So yeah. they're literally going to run from Annapolis, Maryland, up to uh, Foxborough. That's going to be a hell of a drive. I mean, because you were so used to it being in Philadelphia or Baltimore or FedEx Field or the Meadowlands, for that matter. I mean, this is definitely uncharted territory, I guess you could say. Yeah, so it's going to be a cold one for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a cold one for them. Well, we're going to go to a break anyway. It's 322 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 326, 31 degrees. And it says partly sunny outside now, so hopefully the sun's peeking out a little bit more. I, I do have a bunch of text messages coming in, and I did pull some stuff up. It looks like that that kid from the Deadspin article on his mother's side is Native American and grandfather sits on the board of uh, uh, you know local Native American tribe. Uh, also got a text message in that uh, just paid $300 for a Packers-Steelers ticket, standing room only. Jake said, wow, that's crazy. crazy. Yeah. But um, he said, then, and then the, the texter, I, I don't know if it's he or she, said um, they were cheap tickets, 102 level, 200 level tickets were going for four and $500 each. And and Jake, with the with the stats at his fingertips, yeah. so how many AFC well, championships were played at, at well, Gillette Stadium? I, I memorized it in my head, actually. So we talked about 1996. That's when it was. they still had the original stadium, Foxborough. Like I talked about, they beat Jacksonville. And then lost to Green Bay in the Super Bowl. 2003, they beat Peyton Manning, Tony Dungy, and the Colts. 2007, where they beat the Chargers. That was the game where Phillip Rivers played the entire game with a torn ACL. 2011 and 2012 against the Baltimore Ravens. Won in 2011, lost in 2012. 2014 against the Colts. That was the infamous deflate uh, gate game that I guess you could say. 2016, when Mike Tomlin's Pittsburgh Steelers looked unprepared in a playoff game once again. And 2017 against the Jacksonville Jaguars. That was the controversial game where Tom Brady, all the talk leading up to the week about him cutting his hand in practice and all the stitches and whatnot. So eight AFC championships at home ever since the Crafts bought the team in 1994. Eight. 
And the Army-Navy game ticket sales are beating all eight of them as per that's crazy as per uh, the owner and uh that's why no they call cares. that's why they call it America's game and I'll tell you it's, uh, it. the army navy game sells out every year and and I'm because I have kids who go to the naval academy I have the option to get tickets and you'd be amazed the people you hey can you get tickets can you get tickets can you get tickets <laughs> and um I'm not going to Foxborough it's going to be too cold yeah. for me up there um uh, you know I've been I've been to them down here I'm probably going to go to next year's because uh, it's my daughter's last year there to see her march on again. But it, it is a great it day. Next year, Rob? Um, Philadelphia, I believe. Oh, that's perfect. My cousin Amanda, she's in the Navy, and she lives down in Philly. She's gone to a few of them herself. So Yeah. I yeah, mean, even if you don't get tickets, go and tailgate. Have a good time. March, or, you know, Look around. See the midshipmen. See the cadets going around. It's just a great atmosphere. It's a great time. It's something that everybody should, uh, should um, check out. For myself and my dad, that's always been something on our bucket list for a very long time. We can we can make it happen. Um, let me see. NFC NFC championship tickets last year were basically a thousand dollars a piece on Ticketmaster. Yeah, I remember. And they, <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the way up in the Eagles and the stands for the Philly. Um, yeah, it's 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 incredible that what they uh, like. That's why I don't go to pro games anymore. I just you can't do it. You can't do it. I mean, I guess some of the teams you probably can. Well, uh, what do we say? They were going for like $9 or something. Well, that's the funny thing because when Kelly and I went to Pittsburgh opening day when it was the 49ers and the Steelers, I mean, yeah, you know, a couple hundred dollars. So I'm a Steelers fan. She's a 49ers fan. New Year's Eve, FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland, 49ers and the Commanders. There are tickets. We found tickets for that game as little as $40 a piece. Yeah. And just given the state that the commanders are in right now. And when I looked at it and I thought three and a half hour drive, why not? <laughs> so yeah, $40 a piece compared to a conference championship. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And listen, when I talk about Jake's knowledge of sports, you, I just scratched the surface. I mean, if, if bar, and I shouldn't say this cause I can't lose Jake, but if bar dual sports snatched Jake up, <laughs> he would raise their, their income by like a million dollars tomorrow. <laughs> So that, that's the knowledge that this guy has. I honestly should give him like a weekend show on sports. That's all I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. There's a big one down in Philly this weekend. Yeah. Rematch of that NFC championship we were just talking about, the 49ers and the Eagles. That will be a bloodbath to say the least because neither one of those teams like each other. That's easily not only the game of the weekend, but you could probably make the argument the game of the year. Yeah, it's gonna old, be fun. Old old Giants Eagles rivalry when the Giants could actually play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, Giants are screwing up their their chance at a good draft pick and winning winning two games in a row. <laughs> now, who's what's this? The quarterback Devito is that is Tommy that, Devito? What's the story with this guy? I, I've seen pictures of him everywhere. Are they making He's, fun of him? Is he actually doing good? What's well, that's the thing. I mean, the New York Giants had so much potential going into this year after their first year with Brian Dable where they beat the Minnesota Vikings in the wild card round, then got destroyed by the Eagles in the divisional round. Daniel Jones, their quarterback, they gave Daniel a massive contract going into this year. I personally felt like it was a little too much. I mean, that was the only good year that Daniel's had. Anyway, he gets hurt. Tyrod Taylor, their backup, gets hurt. Daniel Jones is lost for the season. He tore his ACL on November 5th against the Raiders. But yeah, Tommy DeVito, undrafted, from New Jersey, the New York Giants offered him way less money than the Washington Commanders did. And being a Jersey kid, he wanted to play for them. 
And that's the cool thing when you see the when you see him do this mm-hmm. after every touchdown and whatnot. It's it's so so cool. And this past Sunday when they were hosting the Giants and they were I- introducing Tommy DeVito. As he's running out of the tunnel, they were playing the theme song to Sopranos. There you go. And his dad and, is in the stands, and everybody a cigar in the stands, yeah, everybody in the stands it. is probably giving the, the <laughs> yeah. fingers, the fingers up in the air, yeah. and not the middle finger, the the three fingers touching. Hey, you know, <laughs> you know, I shouldn't say that. I'll get in trouble. I'm, <laughs> I'm culturally appropriating. Oh, we're running late for the news. Paul's going to kill me. It's uh, three thirty-two here at WILK. That's it for sports talk today. It's time for the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. You can call or text it to 570-883-0098. Get your voice heard. Get involved with the conversation. Let's go to the phones now. We have uh, Joe from Berwick on Rockefeller Center protest. Joe, I got about a minute and a half. Okay. Rob, real quick, you know, here's what people really lose perspective on. And you can comment on this, you know, afterwards. I listened to a story this morning from a missionary who was in Africa after the colonial powers left. And she talked about her harrowing experiences, uh, how basically Europeans were targeted. But then she said something really insightful. She said, you know, everybody forgets after they got done with us, they turned against their own fellow Africans. Okay, man, help you. And and especially those who tried to protect the the European so here's the thing. When, when we read about this stuff, what happened to these Israeli uh, prisoners, the women in, gener- in particular, these same people don't turn around and suddenly have compassion and kindness towards their own Palestinian women and children. This is what they're doing to their own people. And that's what pe- people are, are missing and all. It's just not like you can be a, a brutal savage and then just turn the switch on and you're nice you know, it, it doesn't work like that. And that's what people are losing perspective of you. Uh, I tend to agree with you there, Joe, and I appreciate your input on that. Yep, thank you, Rob. Thank you, my friend. Um, and it's true, they're terrorists, and that's what they'll be, and that's what they are. They're not all of a sudden going to switch a switch and say, oh, well, we're not terrorists anymore. They're terrorists. Simple as that. It's uh, 3.50, time for the Bloomberg Money Minute. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Um, 31 degrees outside, uh, 3.54 outside. Well, it looks like Moody's has a dim. Moody's is the credit rating. It has dim credit outlook for the U.S. federal government. It's loaner among the big three agencies to keep AAA ratings. Standard and Poor Global and Fitch earlier went to AA+. The last of the big three credit rating agencies to keep the federal government credit at AAA has put lawmakers on notice. Moody's Investor Service gave the federal government a negative outlook, citing large deficits, high interest rate, and waning political interest in addressing the nation's deficit. The key driver of the outlook change to negative is Moody's assessment that the downside risks of the U.S. fiscal strength have increased and may no longer be fully offset by the sovereign's unique credit strengths, the authors wrote of a decision. In the context of higher interest rates without effective fiscal policy, measures to reduce government spending or increase revenues, Moody's expects the U.S. fiscal deficit's will remain very large, significantly weakening debt affordability. Moody's also made it clear it has less faith in lawmakers to fix things. 
don't we all? Continued political polarization within U.S. Congress raises the risk that successive governments will not be able to reach consensus on a fiscal plan to slow the decline in debt affordability, according to the report. Moody's affirmed the nation's AAA rating rating. This affirmation of the AAA rating reflects Moody's view that the U.S. formidable credit strengths continue to preserve the sovereign's credit profile, according to the report. The unique and central role of the U.S. dollar and the Treasury bond market in a globally financial system provide extraordinary funding capacity and significantly reduce the risk of sudden spiraling of funding costs which is particularly relevant in the context of high debt levels and weakening debt affordability. So Moody's, the only credit rating that is still has us at um, AAA ratings, um, put the Congress on notice that if they don't straighten things out, it looks like they're going to be knocked down a tier to uh, AA plus possibly. Interest costs on the country's $33 trillion debt increased 23% to $879 billion. That's just the interest. That's a record high. Interest costs account for 14% of the total federal spending as of September 2023. The cost of maintaining that debt is expected to grow. The Congressional Budget Office released projections in June that showed interest costs would exceed all mandatory spending other than that for major health care programs and Social Security by 2027 all discretionary outlays by 2047, and all spending on Social Security by 2051. The U.S. posted a $1.7 trillion deficit for the 2023 fiscal year. In February, the U.S. Government Accountability Office audit of the federal government's financial statements found it continues to face unsustainable long-term fiscal path. Say that again. The U.S. federal government continues to face an unsustainable long-term fiscal path. We see no efforts to fix that. The Republican-majority House wants to spend 7.5 below the Fiscal Responsibility Act levels, while the Democrat-majority Senate is 2.3 above, according to the Committee for Responsible Federal Budgets. This does not account for the various... Recessions and phony spending cuts, which would bring the House's effective spending levels closer to the FRA and the Senate's further above it, according to the report from the Committee on the Fiscal Committee for Responsible Federal Budget. Shouldn't the entire Congress be the Committee on Financial (laughs) Committee on Responsible Federal Budget? But it appears, um, you know, we don't do that. They don't do that. And again, they've balanced our budget once in in my lifetime, in probably your lifetime as well. And it's just an incredible lack of determination. I understand there's polar opposites on how to address these things, but they truly need to start working on it. I mean, start picking your handful of Republicans, your handful of, of Democrats, get fiscal experts in there and work out something. We have to. What we're doing now is unsustainable. They're saying it. Everyone says it. It's unsustainable. But we keep going down that road. Could you imagine anyone else doing that in their lives? Any business, any home? You know, if you were driving in your car and they said, you know, driving in this car is unsustainable, 
for whatever reason. Malfunction, gas, tire pressure, wear on the tires. You'd get it fixed. You'd budget it. You'd figure it out. We all do. Except for our government. Except for our politicians. They don't feel they have to figure it out. Why? Because it's all about telling people what they want to hear. Not being the bad guy or girl. Passing the buck down the road. And hoping for that next election. We have to stop that cycle. It's almost 4 o'clock here on WILK News Radio. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show after these much needed breaks and messages.